Ready to form Voltron! Job for Superman. Power Rangers! Right away, Michael. Autobots, transform! By the power of Grayskull! For the honor of Grayskull! I'm the Doctor. Welcome back for day three of our look at the history of the Super Bowl. I am your host, Charlie Neymar, and this time out, we are going to be looking at Super Bowls 23 through 33. So let's jump right in with Super Bowl 23, which was a rematch between the San Francisco 49ers and the Cincinnati Bengals at Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami on January 22nd, 1989. The Bengals, having managed just four wins the previous season, made a huge turnaround to make their second Super Bowl appearance. The 49ers were making their third appearance after an up-and-down season that was also hampered by a quarterback controversy. But Joe Montana managed to get things back on track, ending the season by winning four of their final five games. Both teams had a bit of a rough start with major injuries for players on both sides, and neither team was able to score more than three points in the entire first half. The first touchdown of the game did not come until late in the third quarter. After a second 49er field goal once again tied the game at 6-6, Bengals running back Stanford Jennings returned the ensuing kickoff 93 yards for the game's first touchdown, giving the Bengals a 13-6 lead. This was only the second kickoff in Super Bowl history to be returned for a touchdown. Now down by 7, the 49ers responded with a 4-play drive that ended with a 14-yard touchdown pass to receiver Jerry Rice, tying the game at 13. Later in the fourth quarter, the Bengals scored a field goal to give them a 16-13 lead. With only 3.10 left in the game, the 49ers started their next drive at their own 8-yard line in what is one of the defining moments of his career and helping to add to his reputation as Joe Cool. Montana managed to work his way down the field, capping things off with a 10-yard pass to receiver John Taylor in the end zone for a touchdown. There is a lot staring them in the face. Montana throws over the middle, completes it to Craig. Craig is to the 16. Joe back to throw. Steps up, throws. Out here for Rice. He has it. Midfield goes out of bounds at about the 46. Second down. 49ers have to go to the 25 for a first down. They're at the 45. Montana back to throw. Throws over the middle. A fight catch by Rice. Rice is at the 20. He's down to the 19. Another brilliant pass by Jerry. to do this and to watch this uh, absolute surgeon on the football field and one of the all-time greats do his thing again it's almost like poetry at the 10 yard line 39 seconds remain back to throw montana steps up throws giving the 49ers a 20 to 16 lead 
with just 34 seconds left in the game, and their third Super Bowl victory. Jerry Rice was named MVP thanks to him catching 11 passes for a record 215 yards and one touchdown. This would be 49ers coach Bill Walsh's final game as coach of the Niners. The team returned the following year to take on the Denver Broncos in Super Bowl 24 on January 28, 1990 at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans. The 49ers had a much less dramatic season, going 14-2 thanks to their dominating offense and a stingy defense. As such, there was pretty much no doubt that the 49ers would win this one, scoring two touchdowns in each quarter while holding Denver to just 10 points. The 49ers' 55 points of the game is the most ever scored in a Super Bowl, and the 45-point margin of victory also set a new record. Denver became the second team to lose four Super Bowls and tied the Vikings by losing three in four years. Joe Montana was again named MVP, setting a new record by passing for five touchdowns. After such a dominating victory, the 49ers were confident that they would be the first team to three-peat, and things sure did look good for them as they ended the following season 14-2 again. However, in the NFC Championship game against the New York Giants, Joe Montana was sacked from his blind side by Leonard Marshall, knocking him out of the game with a broken finger, a bruised back, and a concussion. It would later be discovered that Montana suffered injuries to the elbow of his throwing arm as well that were so severe that he ended up missing the entire next season, as well as the first 15 games of the following season. After playing in the last game of that season, he would be traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 24 would be his last Super Bowl appearance. I bring all of this up because Montana, despite playing for another team, was one of my heroes. I still remember watching that sack that knocked him out of the game and being worried about him. I still remember watching his final game as a 49er on, I believe it was a Monday night football game, or maybe it was a Sunday night game. I know, it was a nighttime game. I still remember seeing him on the Chiefs, but he had to wear number 19 because 16 had been worn by the legendary Lynn Dawson and had been retired. And it turned out that Montana was born on the exact same day as my mom, so, you know, that was pretty cool too. Anyway, back to the Super Bowl stuff. The Giants ended up winning that NFC Championship game 15-13 thanks to a last-second field goal, sending them to the Super Bowl for just the second time. They met the Buffalo Bills in Super Bowl 25 on January 27, 1991 at Tampa Stadium in Tampa Bay, Florida. Patriotism and security were at an all-time high, at least up to that point, due to the game taking place during the Gulf War. Whitney Houston's rendition of the national anthem was very memorable. Stars, 
later be released as a single and a video, reaching number 20 in the Billboard Top 100. It would later be re-released after the 9-11 attacks, reaching number 6 on the Top 100. That's right, Whitney Houston made the national anthem into a pop hit. The halftime show, A Small World Salute to 25 Years of the Super Bowl, was produced by Disney, featuring 3,500 kids and the boy band New Kids on the Block, but was not broadcast live on the U in the U.S. Instead, ABC aired a special news report about the Gulf War. The halftime show would later be broadcast after the game. As for the game itself, this was a pretty close, slow game. With the Bills being known for their explosive no-huddle offense and the Giants employing their backup quarterback, the Giants used slow, methodical drives to hang on to the ball as long as possible. And yet, the Bills still had a 12-10 lead at halftime. The Giants would score a touchdown in the third quarter, but the Bills would answer with a touchdown of their own early in the fourth. Down 19-17, the Giants would take the lead halfway through the fourth quarter thanks to a field goal that put them up 20-19. After both teams exchanged punts, the Giants used up another five minutes, and Buffalo made their way down the field in the last two minutes. Down only a point, a field goal would win the game, but they were only able to get down to the Giants' 29-yard line. As such, Bills kicker Scott Norwood's attempt had plenty of distance, but sailed just a bit too far to the right. The final score of 20-19 was the closest in Super Bowl history, and this was the first Super Bowl with no turnovers by either team. Giants running back Otis Anderson earned MVP honors with 102 yards rushing and one touchdown. Buffalo would return for Super Bowl 26, this time taking on Washington, another team from the NFC East, on January 26, 1992 at the Metrodome in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Washington came in with possibly its most dominant team yet, with the offense leading the league in points scored, while the defense allowed the second-fewest points scored against them. Buffalo's K-Gun no-huddle offense was second in points scored. However, their defense was rather suspect, ranking next to last in yards allowed and 19th in points allowed. In spite of that, neither team scored in the first quarter. However, that all changed in the second, as Washington scored 17 unanswered points to lead 17-0 at halftime. They added another touchdown early in the third before Buffalo finally managed a field goal. Buffalo did get plenty of points in the second half, but Washington stayed ahead, winning the game 37-24. Their combined 24 points was the most ever scored in the third quarter of a Super Bowl, and their combined 44 points was the most ever scored in the second half of a Super Bowl. Washington became the first team, and coach Joe Gibbs became the first coach, to win Super Bowls with three different quarterbacks. This season's quarterback, Mark Rippon, ended the game with 292 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception, and MVP honors. As of this recording, that's the last time Washington would show up in a Super Bowl. But Buffalo would return for the next two Super Bowls, taking on the Dallas Cowboys both times. Super Bowl 27 was played on January 31st, 1993 at the Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California, and Super Bowl 28 was played at the Georgia Dome in Atlanta, Georgia on January 30th, 1994. In the first game, Dallas scored five touchdowns off of Buffalo turnovers, allowing them to cruise to a 52-17 victory. Dallas quarterback Troy Aikman won MVP honors thanks to throwing for 273 yards and four touchdowns. Dallas won Super Bowl 28 in part due to the MVP performance from running back Emmitt Smith, who ran for 132 yards and two touchdowns. This was the first and so far only time that the two, same two teams met in consecutive Super Bowls. 
This also gave Buffalo their fourth loss. They became the first team to show up four times in a row, but the third team to lose four games. And as of this recording, once again, this was Buffalo's last appearance in a Super Bowl. For the NFL's 75th season, Super Bowl 29 was played on January 29, 1995 at Joe Robbie Stadium in Miami. It featured the surprising San Diego Chargers taking on the San Francisco 49ers. This time, San Francisco was led by quarterback Steve Young, who had been Joe Montana's backup in the previous two Super Bowl appearances. Also of note, this season featured almost every team wearing throwback jerseys during select games to pay homage to the past. The 49ers had gone on a winning spree in the last part of the season wearing their throwbacks, so they continued wearing them all the way through the playoffs and to the Super Bowl, while the other teams had returned to their modern uniforms. The 49ers were heavily favored to win and surprised no one by doing just that, winning 49-26. Despite such a margin, it was the first Super Bowl in which both teams scored in every quarter. San Francisco had almost repeated their scoring spree from Super Bowl 24, scoring two touchdowns in each of the first three quarters, but only managed one touchdown in the fourth. The 75 total points and 10 touchdowns scored are still a Super Bowl record as of this recording. And Steve Young won MVP honors thanks to throwing for 325 yards and a record-breaking six touchdowns. And as of this recording, this was the Chargers' only Super Bowl appearance. All Super Bowls, except for Super Bowl 50, have used Roman numerals to depict the Super Bowl number. As such, many thought that the NFL may go to alphanumeric numbers for Super Bowl 30 due to the association of triple X with porn. They didn't, though. Uh, but apparently proxy servers on the internet kept blocking access to the Super Bowl website thanks to the XXX. Anyway, this Super Bowl was played at Sun Devil Stadium in Tempe, Arizona on January 28, 1996, and featured the third Super Bowl meeting between the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, which was a Super Bowl first. However, unlike the previous two meetings, this would end with a Dallas victory, winning 27-17, giving the Steelers their first Super Bowl loss. Dallas cornerback Larry Brown won MVP honors thanks to two interceptions that not only prevented the Steelers' comeback, but also set up Dallas touchdowns that kept them in the lead. This would be the most watched Super Bowl ever up to this point, and the second most watched American program of all time, second only to the series finale of MASH. No word on whether or not it was due to the classic rematch, or if viewers actually thought they were going to see porn. Super Bowl 31 marked the Green Bay Packers' first Super Bowl in 29 years. At this time, they took on the New England Patriots, making only their second Super Bowl appearance, and they played at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans on January 26, 1997. The game started out explosively with a combined 24 points scored in the first quarter, a Super Bowl record. But the Patriots saw their 14-10 lead evaporate in the second quarter as Packers quarterback Brett Favre led the team to 17 unanswered points. The Patriots managed another touchdown in the third, bringing them close, but on the ensuing kickoff, Packers return specialist Desmond Howard returned the ball 99 yards for a touchdown, which, as it turned out, was the last score of the game. From the goal line to the 5, to the 10, to the 15, through a hole to the 20, to the 30, outside, to the 40, he made it on! As such, he was the first special teams player to be given MVP honors. The Packers will return for Super Bowl 32 on January 28, 1998 at Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego, California, hoping to repeat the old Packers' success in the first two Super Bowls. 
and many thought they would, considering that they were going up against the Denver Broncos, still led by quarterback John Elway, who had lost all of their previous four appearances. But, as they say so often, this is why they play the game. The Packers scored first on a Brett Favre touchdown pass to receiver Antonio Freeman, but once the Broncos tied it up on a run by running back Terrell Davis, the Packers would never regain the lead. They did manage to tie the game a couple of times. Denver managed to stay ahead the rest of the day, giving Denver and their quarterback their first Super Bowl win. It was also the first Super Bowl won by an AFC team since the Raiders defeated Washington way back in Super Bowl 18. And finally, we're going to look at Super Bowl 33, which was played at Pro Player Stadium in Miami on January 31st, 1999. Or this time, the Denver Broncos made the return trip taking on the Atlanta Falcons in their very first Super Bowl appearance. Ironically, Atlanta's coach, Dan Reeves, was the Denver coach for their four Super Bowl losses in the 80s. That trend would continue for him here. Like the previous year, the Broncos found themselves down fairly early in the first quarter, but then would take the lead later in the first and keep it for the rest of the game. The Falcons scored first with a field goal, but then Denver scored 17 straight points before Atlanta finally managed a second field goal just before halftime. After a scoreless third quarter, Denver scored another 17 points in the fourth while holding Atlanta to just 13. Super Bowl MVP John Elway passed for 336 yards, one touchdown, and one interception. Plus, he ran for a touchdown. Not bad for a 38-year-old. This would be Elway's final game as he announced his retirement the following May. And that's going to do it for this time. I want to thank you all for listening. Make sure you come back tomorrow when we go to day four, where we look at Super Bowls 34 to 44. Hope you all have a great day, and I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to Charlie's GeekCast. Feedback for the show can be sent to charliesgeekcast at gmail.com, or you can feel free to leave a comment at the show's posting at charliesgeekcast.com. All images and music heard on the show are copyright their respective copyright holders and are used for entertainment purposes only. No infringement is intended. Charlie's Geekcast is a proud member of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network. Please be sure to stop by Two True Freaks to check out more great shows. Thank you again for listening, and good night.